Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio. Simply glorious. And spreading the gospel to the world. We have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness-filled broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UGR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory. And like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast.
Well, good morning. It's another opportunity to study the Word of God systematically. I am delighted to be on with you live, and I count it a privilege and honor to be able to share with you the Word of God. Let someone know that we're on live this morning, but if you can't join us live, we always have the downloads available 24 hours a day, and it's it's literally like five minutes after the broadcast where you can get it and go back over it. We have been on an in-depth study on the church, Rethink Church, and um, I'm going to conclude it today, um, this first division, on revamping our renewal. And um, I'm going to talk about, give a healthy review, and then we're going to give some new information, go through the scripture systematically, and God is going to be glorified. Amen. I'm going to get a confirmation of um, thing after. Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. The sound is great. Praise the Lord. So we can just get right into the word. And we thank the Lord today that even though we're live, we will not have any interruptions or any vocal challenges this morning. Amen. Amen. So I got my water here. We're doing good. Amen. I know y'all been praying for me, those of you who've been listening to the broadcast. I've had some sinus um, issues happening, but God has really been healing my body. I'm doing well. just want you to know it's just been some interesting things going on with the throat, um, but God is good. But we're, we're going to get we're going to get everything that God has for us. And I always encourage people to... Um, Listen to the broadcast because I know ultimately that if you take time out to study the word of God with us, you'll learn more about the word. This is a supplement to church. It is not to substitute church. It's a supplement to the church to get clarity on some things that are expressed a little different, a little more taught um, than um, what you call it. But let's, let's, let's get into this discussion of rethinking church. Rethinking Church. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And, Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and everything that shall be revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen and amen again. Let me start off with our affirmational thought, which says this. We house the essence of God within our heart. We are purposed to embody the glory of his church. (laughs) Our nature is transformed to the character and integrity of Christ. Jesus, who paid the ultimate price, achieved total victory. And as we are renewed in the knowledge of him, our spirit is awakened, affirmed, and advanced to new potentials, promises, precepts, and provisions and plans that are extraordinary as his church, as his church. 
you know, the scriptures uh, that launched us in this study was Romans chapter 12. Um, and and looking at, look at that, let's turn there right quick, Romans chapter 12. And looking at those passages, uh, we found out that there was more to say than being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Of course, that's just the reasonable service. And I always tell you, it's impossible to rethink if you've never thought. Have you taken an evaluation to examine your, cogniz- your cognizance on what the church is and what it's all about? Why am I considered the church, or am I really representing what I say I am as the church? And the sad reality is there are people that will go to church and never take the time to investigate why they go or, 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 or what they do after they go to church. Is, is it really having an effect? Anytime you look at the articles, of, of just generic articles, you see that there is a decline generationally as, as in, in 10 year spans that there's a huge amount of uh, digress on the devotion toward spiritual acts of worship. Um, and as a result of there being no sensing of responsibilities uh, to the church, then there's um, – because there's no um, um, connection with this generation to church, each year you see atheism rise, Islamic um, Islamic faith rise, um, anything but Christianity, and even in the Christian context, the the biblical literacy and the intelligence that should be thriving and the evidences of of the strength of our faith despite the continuum of time, um, where it should be and where it actually is, in reality, it seems as if church is a joke. And like the comprehension of the effect of who we are as the church is a joke. So as the body of Christ, we have to do a great job, a better job on presenting this um, this gospel, this glorious gospel um, of the message called the church. And the only way we can do it is if we rethink. Now, in this particular lesson, in this division of teaching, we've been talking about the, the fact that we want to challenge our sacred perspectives through reformed thinking. And today I want to conclude on revamping our renewal. We talked about rediscovering what the church is all about. And we, and we, we gave a, a clear passage of Scripture, 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 and 5, verse 5 and 9 through 17 in context. And then we also gave Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 through 23, Matthew 16, and then our foundation Scripture as the passage. And, and I wanted to go back to Romans chapter 12 because a lot of times, and like I said, you've got to read the entire book of Romans. Romans is, is not only a challenge for an awakening for people to accept the righteousness of God as an, as an indwelling entity within us, as a, as a mechanism of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live sin-free and to, do, to eradicate the sin conscious so we can serve God acceptably by the renewal of the mind, by engaging into the life. But it also is a challenge to the church 
because it is is let us know the, the the Church of Rome. Rome was the seat of power. These were young adults that were were that were trusted. These were uh, Jewish and Gentiles that have accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was receiving this this message of of not only reprimand but also recommendation. Hallelujah to to be be a catalyst of change for their generation in the seat of power. It's like the people that live in the DMV area. We are closest to the capital. We should have very much so spiritual authority and influence over the spiritual climate and culture and context of this this particular area. But because there's there's no affirmation of who we really are and the power and the potential of the gifts and the spirit of the spirit that we have and, and the righteous resolve that we should have, we also need an appeal to rethink the church like these the the um the articles in in Romans present. And so so remind renewal or just re- coming to the resolve that you are the church is your reasonable service. And most of the time, most of the most of the teachings and the preachings that are taking place in church is really just to stimulate your mind to resolve. But that, there's more to it. As a matter of fact, the the whole the whole context of faith, faith demands proof. Faith without proof is faith. Faith without works is dead. James goes on and gives a whole whole commentary on on how faith is seen. In, in times, and it's only seen by our works that we produce. Jesus, and he says, look, Jesus was never the one that was walking on the earth giving you ideology. You get what I'm saying? Or theology for that matter. He wasn't just trying to provoke your mind to conceive the mind of God in logic. He was, he was more looking for you to be demonstrative. As you go, you will see. That's what he told the disciples, take nothing for your journey. Because everything that will come as a result of your of your preaching, what you've seen and bearing witness of what ha, what is and is to come, that is what's going to provide uh, the, the, the 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 all the dimensions of your journey to the point that you will never suffer lack. And then at the time when Jesus walked, when Jesus was was getting ready to transition into from his earthly ministry into eternity to be an advocate for us and sit on the right hand of the Father, he looked back to, at them same disciples. Right right before, when, remember when he was after the Last Supper, he sat down with them and he said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part with me. He said, and then he, and he goes on confidently and he said, how many of you have, have got, uh, gotten rid of houses and lands and have not received a hundredfold in this lifetime? He wasn't saying something like, oh, this is something that was going to be guaranteed like it wasn't it hadn't taken place, anybody who walked with the Lord was amply supplied. They were sufficient. So a lot of times the deficiencies that we have in our faith and our faith walk and our confidence is not because God doesn't have a willingness to provide and sustain us in spite of, but it's because we have not really rethought and we have not really resolved from that thinking to act on what we think. And so that's what picks up in verse 6. Though, I, though you have grace given unto me, every man 
among you don't think of himself more highly. Why would he, why would he start with that after he tells you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind? That's just a verse. That's just a verse afterwards. So in other words, in the same in the same clause of 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 no longer being conformed to the ways of the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might that you might prove what is good and acceptable and perfect. He says this, don't even think more highly than you are. That's almost like an oxymoron. I just achieved my renewal. He said, but each man has been dealt the measure of faith. Well, but you should think soberly according as God has dealt to you what? The measure of faith. In other words, your measure of faith, glory to God. I hope y'all getting the insights behind this context. Um, he says, listen, your humility will spark you you have a right perspective when you when he says don't think more highly than you should right think but think soberly that means proper using proper discernment and judgment according as God has given you the measure of faith your focus your your faith and you remember your faith to just live by faith that means your lifestyle that is as a result of your God conscious your God focus should provoke you to think soundly. It should bring a direction, a distinctive or a reformed thinking. Do you get my point? For we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. He, he brings clarity. So we being many are one body in Christ, and every member one of another, having gifts differing according to the grace given us, whether it be prophecy, you know, let them prophesy according to the proportion of his faith, Ministry, let him wait on his ministry, teaching, teach. Uh, he that teaches, and it goes on exhortation, um, um, or um, he that giveth, let him rule with simplicity. It's amazing how if you give, you're a ruler, but <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> but it says, let love be without dissimulation, or, and when it says dissimulation, it means hypocrisy. Don't. And, you know, hypocrisy is when you present yourself as one thing when you're really not having the mindset or the mentality to really be what you present yourself to be. Do you you hear the challenge? This is a mental thing. This is rethinking the church. And he's saying, listen, if you're going to have all these gifts, as God has given you this walk of faith through your mentality that you've not conformed to the ways of the world, then, then love should be your motive. And then it should translate in your actions by being kind, affectionate one to another, with brotherly love, right, honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving who? The Lord. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. Not pleasing men, but as unto the Lord. So so what is your resolve in this? And that's just the foundation text. So us understanding that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar person, a holy nation. Y'all see that five in there with, with those five things? Resolve that we are the people of God with the plan of God, pur- purposed by the promise of God, um, by the power of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been adopted by redemption and empowered by his resurrection because we've transferred our lordship to Christ. We've traced the leading of the Holy Spirit, and we've trained our living to make God priorities. That's what we've been talking about. And in that, we've learned that we have to change how we talk about things. 
We have to give more attention. It says take heed to how we hear, but then it also says let your words be seasoned or matured with salt, that they may minister that same grace that you live off of. Do you see what I'm saying? They might minister grace to the hearer. So when we refine our 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 religious rhetoric, and we don't just allow religion to rule us, we will we will engage in an authentic faith evaluation. We will take consideration to what we have been taught, how we have been taught, and then we will we will we will not only engage through an authentic faith evaluation. We will enforce um, the mandate, the need for the mandate of truth, because it is the truth that makes us free. But it's only when we become disciples in the Word, disciplined in the Word, the words that He speaks, we they are spirit and they are life. It's only when the Word gets off the pages into our hearts and commands obedience, and the obedience translates in our walk, our witness, and our work, that we can. That we can um, we can present present a, a a true catalyst of change throughout our generation, amen. And then we also talked about expanding our catalyst that empowers itself through supernatural submission. And we talked about submission, and, and submission and holiness goes together. Holiness begins with honesty, honesty that you need the help of the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit reveals the truth that you need to know, and that truth guides you. And you develop the, the things that you find out through the truth, which is found in the Word of God, that every step you grow from faith to faith, and those and that faith is acting out what you believe through your life, because faith is the lifestyle of the believer. It begins to radiate in your character, your conduct, and it becomes consistent, and you radiate glory. The weight, the intent, the passion, all of those things are fueled by your rethinking who you are, not in church, but as the church. Do you get my point? So that's where we were. Where we're going, we still need to develop a a theology or a God logic concerning our perspective. So let's do that today because, you know, this was supposed to be done in the first lesson, but it hadn't been done. And then we want to revamp our renewal, and the only way we can do that is by reaffirming our reformed thinking. And that's what the the, – and and just to give you a a heads up on this, you know it's the power of the gospel, The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and that that makes us not ashamed. That's what the Roman writer writes. And 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 then these responsibilities. So here, you you are reaffirmed as to the potential of the gospel. And then you're challenged with renewal of the mind. This is this is Romans in in a in a nutshell. And then you're given responsibilities to live by. Right, and you know that that can only be done when you're redeemed from sin, when you're restored to righteousness, and you rely on the Holy Spirit. That's Romans. That's Romans for you. Those those responsibilities are toward society, toward uh, toward uh, higher powers, influence. In thirteen, responsibilities toward those who you see from the day to day. And they're governed because you are a Christian. 
You get what I'm saying? And that's the 14 chapters of Romans. No, the 16, well, I'm sorry. The 16 chapters of Romans. I apologize. Amen. 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 And amen. Oh, now, we're going to go to five passages that I've been trying to go to since the first lesson. But I think it's appropriate to conclude with these. Psalms 51, 10 through 14. 1 Peter chapter 4, 12 through 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 18. Ephesians chapter 5, 1, 1 verses 10 through 17. 1 and verses 10 through 17. And then Colossians chapter 1. Now, this is our perspective pertaining God's church. And, of course, you know we're going to use in the next division of study when we come back to it will be um, Revelation as a catalyst, rethinking church through Revelation, through the lens of Revelation as a catalyst. This is our mandate. This is our challenging, our sacred perspectives. You shouldn't be going to a church. Oh, I didn't give you that. Let me give you that. <laughs> Amen. I didn't give you that. I want you to get this. I'm going to read some statements, and then I'm going to give you five points of why you should go to church. Because a lot of times that's a question that also comes. What is the church is one question that we answer. Now we're answering why we go to church, and hopefully I can get to what sparks the reality of a reformed thinker. Can I answer two questions in one lesson today? Let me see if I have time to. I, I will by the help of the Holy Ghost. Uh, all right. Oh, yes, I can work that. I can work this. I can work this. I can work this. Amen. Okay, so we're going to go through those five passages in a second, but I want to give you what, why we should go to church. If in this series, you, you're going to get a lot of, there's a lot of answers in this series, so I want you all to go back and listen to it again. But why should I go to church? Now, I'm going to read these statements. God's power is displayed by manifestation of the Holy Spirit. God's precepts and examples are doctrinally and systematically given through the preaching of the gospel. God's people are empowered to prosper through generational impact. Godly principles, are, through practical holiness and sanctification, are displayed through church culture and leadership. And then God's priorities are placed as directives of overt times of uh, through overt times of prayer and um, through through overt times of pla- of prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. Okay, so I, I read those statements. Now those statements give the why you should go to church. Okay, but you need to know what should be taking place in the church for you to go to church. And if this is not taking place in your church, then you need to find out why it's not taking place in your church and then determine whether you should go there. <laughs> okay. Now, in the church and, and, and in rethinking church, you have to go through the historical context of the church. But then not only do you have to go through the historical context of the church, which appreciates its past, 
understand the, the fundamentals of it, the theology of the church, which we went through in the other lessons. But then you now have to bring it through the lens of relevance and reevaluation. And, and that's where this, this will pick up in the coming teachings. The power of God, the plan of God, the people of God are the constitution of the church. There are things that should be taking place in your church. The gospel should be preached, the gathering of the lost, the God should be glorified, and you should be growing in the nature of Christ, okay? As a chosen generation, you are adopted by the family of God, so there should be a sense of family and belonging in the churches that you go to. But, however, if these things are not taking place, then, then you need to really consider if your church is healthy and if you play a part in the leadership, then you really need to be praying um, as to the direction of what you sit yourself under because you want to be a church that is found, and I'm going to talk about this in Revelation as a catalyst. Ooh, I, I can't wait. You know, and I want to put a plug in. Y'all take the revelator, the teaching on the revelator, and combine it times 10, and that will that will challenge you to the revelation as a catalyst that we get ready to go into. Now, I'm going to hit y'all with some stuff. We're going to do a study on the book of Revelation. We're going to deal with the, the church, the revelation of the church to revel, in Revelation, and the, and the messages that came out to the church that should be a catalyst of change to spark reformation in the church. So that's what we're going into the next division of this study. But if these things do not take place in your church, you are in the wrong church. All of these have been outlined and, and articulated through the scriptures that we've read from Matthew 16. Revelation becomes a catalyst of experiencing the full effect of the church. Matthew 16, 13 through 19. Matthew 7 um, gives that you must have a revelation in order to be the church. And then Colossians lets you know that revelation is what's going to grow and expand the church. We awaken to the power of the gospel. We acknowledge the lordship of Christ, and we advance through the work of the kingdom of God. Now, if these five elements are not taking place in church, you need to ask the question, why? And that's what I was saying. Power and manifestation of the spirit is number one. Number two, precepts and examples through the preaching of the word, of the gospel. Not the word of the gospel, because you got everybody trying to give a word. You know, you got prophets that are immature and unlearned that are getting up speaking using their mouth out of context, just dropping everything that they hear instead of writing it down and making certain that it's God, God-censored and God, and God-modified. They're telling people you got to get a new house and a new car. That's stupid. You don't need a new house and a car. If you're dirty, you stink, you don't know how to clean, you don't know how to pay your bills, that's just a mistake. And no matter how much God wants to give it to you, if you don't have the discipline to develop it, you don't need it. That's just dumb. And, and, and all these prophets wasting their time on telling people their gifts and what they should have, that's not your job. You are not God. You are not the Holy Spirit. It's not your job to tell people their personal business so they can have confirmation, get emotions, fall out, and give their money. Whoop-de-doo, that doesn't mean anything. That's not gospel. That's not God. That's not God being glorified. That's an immature Christian with an immature gift coming together making glooms day in the name of God. And it's demonic, and God will judge you according if you live that way. That's not the purpose. So I, uh, I want to emphasize the preaching of the gospel. The gospel is a conditioned and a coin and a distinct set of messages. Amen. We're going to talk about that, too, in Revelation as a Catalyst. 
because <laughs> we're doing everything but preaching the gospel today. Amen. And then preach. So, so um, thirdly, people enriched through generational impact. That means one generation serving the next, and the, that generation serving the, the, the previous, uh, in addition to discipling the next. It's a discipleship culture. Do you get what I'm saying? Power, precepts, people, practical holiness, and sanctification. When you got a culture through leadership, and if it can't be reflected in leadership, it's not going to be reflected in the pew. Like priests, like people. And then priorities of prayer. And this is where a lot of churches fail. I hear you talking about your money. I hear you talking about what you should wear. I hear you talking about the sound. Lord knows we got strobe lights and building projects, but what about prayer platforms? Because prayer changes things. And any ministry that doesn't prioritize prayer as, a, as the core behind their convictions is a demonic activity going on and waiting for destruction. You can tell a lot by, by a church by its effectiveness in prayer. And when you got five people only praying or a few people doing intercession or they have a little prayer line, you can tell the distinctions and the quality of their church by their prayer. You can definitely tell the quality of a preacher by his prayer life. When they close their eyes in prayer, there should be a cloud that storms the room because they have had such fellowship with the Lord that it sparks signs and wonders. Oh, glory to God. If we, if we had a platform of prayer, it would make a difference. Amen. That's straight talk, but it's real talk. And if it's not taking place, if you go into a place where there's no power and manifestation of the Spirit, precepts and examples through the preaching of the gospel, people being enriched through generational impact, practical holiness and, and sanctification is, uh, is a standard for leadership and priorities of prayer, then your, your whole purpose for going there and, and, and your experience is not being fulfilled. You're going there for every other reason but what God wants you to go. And that's what, and all of these scriptures that I'm giving you is actually confirming these priorities. Every scripture that I'm giving you about, about the church has given that it's a spiritual house to offer spiritual sacrifices. If you're a chosen generation, the acceptable work of God is for you to, to be led of the spirit and not of the flesh. The acceptable work of God is for you to do what's right in the eyes of God through enriching one another and causing those, those standards to be embedded so much that it creates a, a different culture other than what you see going on in the world. And you know, just like I know, that the majority of the churches that we go to treat us worse than what we do when we go out to corporate America and the church, sometimes you feel more anointed at your job than you do at your church. And that's because the priorities of the church have changed and it's time to rethink church. Do you get my point? Amen. Amen. Now let's go to these scriptures. Psalms 51, verses 10 through 14 says, <laughs> I feel the anointing on this, creating me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me, O God. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach the grant transcendence. See, see how it sparks you to say something? It is repentance and the renewal factor of the, of the mind that causes you 
to, to open up your mouth and teach the transgressors in his ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me. Do you, did you see that? If you want sinners to be converted, have a leadership body that is full of those who have been renewed in the spirit of their mind. It's confirming what, what has been what should be embedded doctrine in the church. Deliver me from the blood blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my, and my tongue shall be a, sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, thou my lips and my my mouth shall show forth thy praise, thy praise. Glory to God. Then in First Peter, let's go there. First Peter chapter four. See, when you're really preaching the gospel, you don't have to overly, <laughs> you know, overly embellish the context. And the content, you just speak the word, and the word will confirm itself. Hallelujah. Amen. I, 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 just, I just sense doors opening in this study. In chapter 4, verses 12 through 17, it declares this. Beloved, think not as strange concerning five trials when they come to you. As though there's some strange happened to you, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when ye glory, when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad and exceeding joy. If ye if ye are reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and the God shall rest upon you. On on their part he um he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer and as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in, men, in men's matters. In other words, keep yourself out of sin. Yet as if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin in the house of God and first begin at us when when. Uh, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if righteousnessly scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Do you hear what, I, uh, what the gospel is saying this morning? Hallelujah. I usually say, do you hear what I'm saying? I'm going to have to say, do you hear what the word says? <laughs> Glory to God. Now let's go to Second Peter, uh, Second Corinthians chapter 4, 7 through 18. It says, but we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power of God um, may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not despaired, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed, always bearing in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might also be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. And we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore speak. I also believe. I, I have spoken, I'm sorry. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he that which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus Christ and shall appear, hallelujah, and shall, and shall present you with us. For all things are for your sakes that the abundance of grace, hallelujah, 
might be through the thanksgiving, might um, through the thanksgiving may we rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which are for a moment, work before us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but which the things that are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. We keep ourselves focused on the things of God. This is our perspective. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. We're talking about reformed thinking. This is, this is what this is reformed thinking revealed. This is all our perspective. We, we understand that we are the church. We're not going to church. We understand that the church must, must be in a sense of righteousness. It, must, be a, it must, uh, must start from a repentant, a place of repentance. Oh, Lord, I'm, get, I'm getting into my last point. But let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Amen. The church of Ephesus, the Magna Carta of the gospel. But it says, look, be ye therefore followers or imitators. I like that. Be ye therefore followers of God as their children. I like be ye imitators. Um, but let's go to, um, that's, that's number one, but verse 10 says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done in secret. But in all things, but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou sleepest, and arise from the dead. Excuse me. And Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days of evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk, in, in, drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Amen. I got two minutes. Let me go take you to Colossians chapter 1. I can do, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. Praise the Lord. I answered why we go to church, and now I'm, I'm beginning to answer uh, why, why reform thinking is a must. Before I give you Colossians, just write down Colossians chapter 1. I want to make certain that you understand this, that reform thinking is achieved by the renewal of the mind, revisions of the Holy Spirit, and the reaffirmation of spirit living. Okay. Now, now those are the three things that that really cause rethinking the reality of reform thinking to be um, to be a part of our reality. Okay. Now, what do I mean by that? As you as you begin to cleanse yourself, just repent. Lord, I repent for not taking your church seriously. Lord, I repent for not embodying the revelation of the church. And I receive the grace from you to be the church. Help me sustain a relationship with the Holy Spirit that brings your heart matters, your perspectives as priority as I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Then, Lord, help me adapt to that righteousness to embody what is right by first achieving what you want me to do, saying what you want me to say, and living how you
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.